Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Good morning. Like she said, I'm Mike O'Banion. I'm a congregational care pastor here. If you don't know me, I'm the elder statesman of the staff. They remind me of that all the time, and it's getting kind of old, but anyway, uh, uh, wanted to, uh, it's my privilege to be here. Pastor Brian has been on vacation. He's back today. He's back in the back with Wendy and, and children's, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's in here. He, they got a bunch of chickens back there. I, I mean, it's the craziest thing. They got these chickens in a cage that they're teaching the kids about chickens, Uh I want to know where the lesson's going to go if they lay an egg. <laughs> a tenuous spot. Uh, today we're going to talk about why work. Remember Dobie Gillis, for the old guys here, he couldn't say the word, work, he'd say, uh, because he, couldn't, he didn't want to work. We're going to talk about work, and we're going to t- talk about 1 Thessalonians in a little while. And the first book of 1 Thessalonians was probably the first letter that Paul wrote of the, of the letters, the church letters that he wrote. It was written about 50 A.D., pretty early uh, compared to about 20 years after Christ, after Paul had gone throughout. Paul had been to Thessalonica. He had preached the gospel there. There were believers there. And then he had to leave town pretty quickly, and so he was, he was uh, other places. He sent Timothy back. They got a good report. The church was holding strong. And so we're gonna, he gives some instructions to them. But before we go there, I want, want you to just look at the audience. He was writing to Christians. He was writing to believers in Thessalonica. A very important instruction to believers in Thessalonica. And I want to take this opportunity to, if, if you don't know Christ, if you don't know Jesus, you're not going to fully understand what's being taught today. You have to know him. You have, it, it's not enough to know about him. The demons know about him. Everybody, the, the, the historians know about him, but they don't know him. In 1975, late in February sometime, my wife and I came to Christ, and I, bowed, I got on my knees in a pastor's office after a Wednesday night service, so you know what kind of church it was, and a Wednesday night service, and, and I prayed and asked Jesus to come into my heart and change my life, and he did. Now, why is that important? It's important because when the doubts come, and they will, and they do, I could go back to there and say, I know in my knower what happened that night. I know. So, and, and life has not been easy. It's been ups and downs and you know, roller coasters. Brenda and I, next Saturday, if we can endure, we'll be married 50 years next Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Tremendous lady. I'm proud of her, proud for her, and I came to Christ. I'll tell you how lost I was. Brenda, in, in, a, in a God spoke to her on her way to work. We had been witnessed to by family members. We had been witnessed to by the pastor who married us, and we told him no. Uh, 
and we'd been witness to. And so Brenda called me one day. She was on her way to work, and God spoke to her and said, now. She got to work, got a yellow pages out, flipped through them, found, went to the, she got as far as the bees, and, and she called the Bel Air West Baptist Church in, in Houston, went to talk to the pastor there, and he led her to Christ. She gave her life to Christ. She called me and said, can we have dinner tonight? I said, sure. So I met her in a restaurant. I ordered a drink, as it was my habit. And she said these words. And this, I'm going to show you how lost I was. She said, I've been seeing a pastor. <laughs> I thought she was having an affair. <laughs> All right. So I ordered another drink, and, and I told her, I'll support you in this. I'll go watch you be baptized and all that stuff, but, but just kind of leave me out of it. Well, that didn't work because I went to there, and I heard the gospel, and then I heard the gospel again, and then about a week later, I gave my life to Christ. You need to have not that exact, exact experience, but you need to know that you know him. It's not enough to be a ground Christians and rub shoulders with them. You need to have a time in your life where you surrender your life to him. And because then you will have eternal life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I want to add some words. That whoever believes in him shall not, will not, cannot perish, but has eternal life. So, if you have a question, after the service today, I'll be hanging around up front. If you, have, if you, if you don't know him now, but you want somebody to help you, lead you, Pastor Jason's here, Pastor Don's here, Desiree's here. Josh is here. I'm here. There are a lot of believers here. Grab one of them and say, I need to know Jesus, and we can fix that today. Today. Okay. So last week, Pastor Jason talked to us about work, and he said this. He said 85% of the people don't like their job. I thought that was kind of high, but I thought back through the jobs that I've had and, and, and I'm from Southeast Texas. I have to break things down to simpler than 85%. So I said that's eight and a half out of 10, right? Don't like their job. And then I got to thinking in my, how do you get a half a person? And so then I thought about my jobs. And in every one of them, I knew who that half a person was. <laughs> And if you don't know in your job who that half a person is, it may be you. So, and then he, he, he said, uh, he, he talked about having bad jobs and good jobs. And I got to thinking about the worst job. What's the worst job that you could have? Uh, flagman on the highway in August in Texas, that's pretty bad. I, I feel sorry for those guys. They got long sleeves on and coats on and all this stuff. Uh, janitor in an airport bathroom. Got to be bad. Worse than Bucky's. But then I figured out what the worst one was. It's whoever has the job of putting that neck and gizzard back up inside that chicken. <laughs> Can you imagine? All day long. 
and the assembly line. <laughs> I don't know. Praise the Lord, I don't have that. So why do we work? Why did God say, why did, through Paul, that we need to work with our hands, that we need to, 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 to produce, that we need to provide a living? 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12 says, Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, back to that later, and to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. In the message, Eugene Peterson's The Message, which is really a good translation if you don't have a copy of the message, grab one or go on your phone. He says, this same verse says, stay calm, mind your own business, do your own job. You've heard all this from us before, but a reminder never hurts. We want you living in a way that will command the respect of outsiders, not lying around sponging off your friends. So, he wants us to work so we'll have the respect of outsiders and he wants us to mind our own business. So let's talk about you and work. When you're at the workplace and if you don't work, if you're a volunteer or if you, you do anything outside the home, you know, right here in this building, this is the easiest place in the world to be a Christian. It's easy here. We get to sing, we get to raise our hands if we want to, we get to clap, we get to smile, we get to hug folks. It's easy. But when we walk out that door, or when the, we go Monday morning, it's not easy. It's not easy to gain the respect of others. It's not easy to stay in your own lane. It's not easy to mind your own business. I mean, we're on steroids on not minding your own business now with social media. I mean... I don't want to get into it. I'm not against it. I'm against it for me. <laughs> but I uh, don't want y'all knowing what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> but when we are a ta tale teller, when we say things about others, when we mind other people's business, it's being disrespectful to God. He don't want you doing that. He wants you to do what he's called you to do, not to get involved in, into, in, into uh, I know I'm not supposed to be walking around because there's a camera right there, and I walked over there, and I walked over there, but I'll stay here. <laughs> Mind your own business. Be careful on social media of reposting a repost of a repost of a repost that the original might be written by a 14-year-old girl in Ukraine. You don't know. In, in my early days, this is nothing new. It's just on steroids because it's electrified. It just goes instantaneously, but it's always been around. You know, there used to be people come by with telling stories. I, I grew up in, 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 in southeast Texas, <laughs> And a, a lady down the road from us was named, we lived on dirt road, named ben, Miss Benny Mae Wright, and she was old. And her son, who was the age of my mother, lived with her, and he, and I, he taught me how to ride a horse, and I rode for him for, for quite a few years and worked cattle. 
But I, and so I would eat at their house sometimes. So we were on a party line. Now, you, all, you young people have no idea what that is. But I'm going to try to explain. When you picked up the... See, you don't even have a phone at your house anymore. How can I even get... <laughs> how can I even get started on that? A landline was there. And on that landline, there were eight people, eight different homes. You only heard the rings on your side. So our ring was a long. We got a one long ring, that was our phone. If it was long and a short, that was the Bonners that lived next door. If it was three shorts, it was the other folks. And, 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 and that's how you knew. It, one long ring, that was for us. But everybody else, you couldn't hear the other side ring, but you could hear them. If you picked up the phone, you could hear them talking. You know, and, and you'd say, sorry, and hang it back up. Or you wouldn't, and you'd have to wait them to tell They could hear it. They could tell you, hang a phone up. Well, what Miss Benny would do when she heard the phone ring, she would, you know, she, take her apron off, and there was a chair right by the phone, and she'd go over there to the phone, and she'd slide her hand down, and real slowly she'd lick it. And she was listening. Now, we say, that's just not right. Do we that on social media? Do we ever use the words, did you hear, in a non-constructive way? Do we ask probing questions of people that we really don't need to be asking? Point is, if you do that in front of others or to non-believers, it is not a good witness. And our job is to be credible to people outside so that they can see Jesus in us. Jesus in us. So, Matthew 5, 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. How many people see Jesus in you? How many people, do, do, when you go to H-E-B, that's a challenge. When you go to a restaurant, are you one of those people that gets frustrated at the service and you say something and I want to talk to the manager and all that stuff? Is that necessary? First of all, don't ever complain about food before you get it. Just saying. So you, you need to think about, what, you know, we have those little braces. What would Jesus do? What should I do? And if you are in, working in, a, in an office setting, leading a quiet life, staying in your lane, doing a good job at what you do, if you're a Pepsi driver, be the best Pepsi driver in the world. If you, you know, if you're you're on the, the side of the road, be the best side of the road person that you, you can be. Be the best you can be so people can see Jesus in you. And that will, over time, draw them to you. My last job before I retired, I had I, I had 85 employees in a manufacturing setting. And and it was very, very difficult to maintain composure all the time. As a matter of fact, it, it's hard. And there were times that I didn't do it. You know, I got angry because 
they did something stupid. And, uh, and, and I, it was necessary for, for me sometimes to go back and apologize then and say, you know, God wouldn't, wouldn't appreciate what I did. I'm sorry. They respected that, but I still shouldn't have done it. I, 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 those are the things I remember is the times I messed up, not the good times. But understand, the world, the people outside are watching you. If you spout off as being a Christian, their, their eyes are on you. And they're looking for the negative, not the positive. Be careful. For your credibility, it's all you have. Another reason we work is, is so we can give to others. Generosity. Ephesians 4.28 says, He must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Work with your hands so you can share with those who need. You're not going to take it with you, folks. I have never seen a Brinks truck in a funeral procession. And you're going to leave it to your kids. What they going to do? Be generous. Have a generous heart. God loves a cheerful giver. That's not just in church. We give to church. You know, we, you know we, uh, Desiree talked about the, all the great things that go on in church, and, and you know, it, it really is a wonderful ministry we have here. A lot of people doing a lot of things. But I'm convinced that God is more concerned with what you keep than he is on what you give. What do you do with what you have? In Acts 20, 35, Paul is writing in, in Acts 20, 35 to the elders at Ephesus. And he's telling them, you'll never see me again. I'm going to leave this with you. You're never going to see me again. Because he was going back to Jerusalem where he knew he was going to be arrested and maybe killed. He, was, he did go back to Jerusalem. He asked to see Caesar. They sent him to Rome. But he never went back to Ephesus again. And he left them with these words. And he talked about in the word, verses prior to Acts 20, take care of the weak among you. Take care of the weak among you. He says, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of our Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Receiving is fun, isn't it? It is. Giving, I'm telling you guys, is more fun. Listen to God on where to give. Don't, be, don't throw your money around to just everything that passes by. Listen to God. Listen to his voice. Know him and seek him. And when he directs you, act. Do it. My wife has a more keen voice with, with Jesus than I do. I'll, I'll admit that. She she, we both try to hear the voice of God on what we should do, and the, uh, and she, she, she's very sensitive to what God speaks to her. And we were at a restaurant a couple weeks ago, and she just said, "We need to buy that family's dinner today." And I said, "What they order?" <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I, I really didn't say that. But, but, but she sensed that this family, parents and two, two little girls, that was what we were to do. 
And so what we did, they didn't know who it was. We just told the guy we were going to pay for their meal. We gave him the money. We left. But God said to do it, and you do it. And I promise you that God will give back when you do that. He will. We won't get into that, but he will. I heard this last week, this saying. It said, if somebody lies to you about needing help, everybody's cognizant of that. Well, you know, they're just going to take that and buy wine and cigarettes, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to do this. That's not, first of all, that's not your business. That's between them and God. If somebody lies to you about needing help and you help, it shows something about their character. If you see a need and you don't help, that shows something about your character. So be generous. Try to be generous. But you can only be generous from a position of strength. If you don't have money, don't give away what you got. All right? You have to be in a position of strength to help. Strong, stable financially, stable. In other words, if your schedule is so hectic and crazy and you say, well, I'm going to do this, and you add something to it, you're kind of tearing yourself down and your family down. You can only help from a position of strength. And then why else do we work? We work to prepare for eternity. Now, you, you, we don't work. You're not going to work your way into heaven. It's just like I said before. 2 Corinthians 11.3, Paul said, don't overlook the simplicity that's in Christ. If you say, Jesus, save me, he's going to do it. But then he said, talks about us working. In, in 1 Corinthians 9.25, he says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. That's the Olympics, right? How many, is tired of, how many of you are tired of that? Uh, They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. That's the rewards in heaven when we get there. We know Jesus. But how would you like to hear it said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Be faithful to him. Luke 16, 10 through 12 the Bible says, whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. If you have been trustworthy with, if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you your own? Be faithful to him and he'll be faithful to you. He really will. God loves you. He really does, guys. He, he loves you. With a love that we cannot understand, he gave his only son. You parents out there, you know, my goodness, how, what, what agony that had to be. Jesus on the cross cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he did it for you and for me. He did it for us. And if you'd have been the only person on earth, he'd have still done it. If the only people on earth would have been King Herod and Pontius Pilate, and the, and the Romans who killed him, if that was all there was, he'd have still done it for them. That's the love of God. God help us to know him, to follow him, to love him the best we can, and to set a good, good example for those around us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and appreciate you. We thank you that you're here with us today. I pray that you'll bless every life here. Those that don't know you, I pray they'll get that fixed today. And those that know you and are just trying to negotiate through life, 
Lord, we know that it's not lost on you. We know that you're, you, you know how confusing the world is. You know what's going on now. And we just ask you to walk with us arm in arm, hand in hand. Love us, Lord, and, and give us the strength to be a witness to others in all the things we do. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. Ha, ha, ha.